0: You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host, Indilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live and to sell. Welcome back to season 12. This is episode 2. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show podcast. So on today's show, I'm gonna interview Fox Sportscaster Heidi Andrew on how to use video in building your home staging business. As you probably have seen on your social media, platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest are putting more and more emphasis on video content. So it is super important to think about how to leverage videos for your marketing. And I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable on camera at all. I'm certainly one of them. So I've invited Heidi to chat with us today about her expertise in being on camera and also how to feel more confident when you're being filmed. Before we get started today, I just want to tell you that I'll be doing a free training on interior photography for home stagers the first week of November. So I'm going to be doing a series of Facebook lives from Monday through Thursday on November 2nd through the 5th on specifically tips on photography. And I'm going to do a full hour of free training on improving your photography skills so that you can really up your game for your Instagram, for your home staging portfolio and all that good stuff. And I'm going to do all of that in our Facebook group, the Home Staging Show group. So if you haven't joined us on Facebook, just search for the Home Staging Show. So I'm going to just quickly tell you the schedule. So on Monday, November 2nd, I'm going to go live for 20 minutes on Facebook to tell you about what cameras to use to shoot your portfolio photos. And then next day, Tuesday, on November 3rd, I'm going to go over the photography basics. And on Wednesday, November 4th, I'm going to talk about photography angles, composition, and the photo types as well. On Thursday, I'm going to talk about basic composition when it comes to shooting your home staging portfolio. And pretty much composition is super important because a lot of times people are like, oh my God, do I need to have the best camera, the most expensive camera? No, actually it's about how you use your camera. And a lot of it has to do with composition, just like how we do staging the homes. And the last day on Friday, November 6th, I'm going to give you a full hour free training with a live Q&A afterwards on interior photography for home stagers. So definitely catch us live. If you cannot, there's going to be a replay as well. And you feel free to ask any questions you may have about photographing your home staging projects in our Facebook group as well. I'm going to incorporate them into my presentations. And also, when you sign up for the free training, you can get a free photography guide for home stagers when you sign up. And so make sure you find us on Facebook. And also you will find more information and in the full schedule on our website at stationworld.com photo. I'm going to link this into the show notes as well. So you can register for the free training and also join us for the Facebook lives. And I'm super, super excited to have Heidi on the show today. She's incredibly experienced in this field. She's been a very seasoned TV reporter for Fox Sports, but also have interviewed some of the biggest names and covered some of the largest events in sports entertainment, including the Winter Olympics, the Grammys, the American Music Award, major movie premieres, and the Super Bowl. Prior to joining her company now, Android worked in the aerospace industry and rose through the ranks, eventually becoming an international sales manager in charge of global distribution and military procurement. It was in this position that caught the eye of President Donald Trump for his show, The Apprentice, appearing in season six. So yeah, Heidi has incredibly amount of experience not only being a sportscaster, but also being filmed as well. And this is why I thought she was the perfect person to explain how can we be better on camera and how can we present better content for our home staging clients as well. All right. So let's get the show started. Thank you, Heidi, for joining us on the show. I'm super excited. Me too. Thanks for having me. Nice to to meet you. Yeah, no. And I think it's so important to have you because it's such an important like topic to talk about, even though we're on a podcast, no one really sees us. But the thing is like, you know, video is such an important thing today in today's business world, especially for small businesses, because none of us have big budgets, you know, like corporations do. And I just feel like it's so important today to talk about it. I know you're really good at breaking things down and to really like convey your wisdom in terms of how to be on camera and how to prepare for it. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I wasn't always so good at breaking things down. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've been doing this a long time and I still make mistakes. So let me preface it that with right there. So if you're new to video, it's okay. We, uh, everybody who's done video did their first video at one point and was nervous. That's awesome. Sure
0: that. It's really good to hear that from you actually. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get started in TV and broadcasting? Sure,
1: so I am a sportscaster for Fox Sports and uh, ESPN. I've worked for the NHL network, Showtime, Fox West been in this business for which is scary to say out loud, well over a decade, 13 years, i have been trucking away, and I didn't always work on camera. In fact, I was in aerospace sales prior to this. I did military and government procurement for a filtration company for
0: helicopters.: which that's amazing. That's so specific. Great
1: crazy to think that I pivoted. And that's just proof that you can do anything if you put your mind to it, because I had no experience in this space. I ended up, I was on a show for my sales background called The Apprentice, which was simply, I, I got on that show because I went there to sell filtration systems for helicopters to Donald Trump back in the day And I got a phone call from Mark Burnett Productions saying, hey, we have your card. He never bought the darn filters. (laughs) But I did go on the show and it was one of the most grueling and eye-opening experiences of my life. And that platform led me to making a decision to leave my job in helicopters and try something new. And frankly, at that point, I did not know what I wanted to do. This is a long story, so
0: I'm not being succinct as I promised in my formula. Oh, no. I mean this is a chat. Like I love when you tell these stories. When I read your bio, I had no idea you were on the apprentice. Yes. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's a part of my life that sometimes I want to forget. But <laughs> 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 no, oh, that's yeah. not true. I always I always say if I hadn't had the opportunity, I would do it again in a heartbeat because I learned so much about myself. It pushed me to limits that I didn't even know I had. You know, I didn't know what my limits were until I did that show. So it's been fundamental in my life going forward, all of those things that I learned there. But from there, I ended up, one of the gals who was on the show was an Olympic hockey player. She, a U.S. Olympian gold medalist. I think she was a four-time Olympian medalist. Her name's Angela Ruggiero, played hockey at Harvard, you know pretty smart cookie. And I grew up in Michigan. She had an agent whose name was Brant Feldman and he had offered up a ticket, one ticket to a game, the Anaheim Ducks Detroit Red Wings playoff game in Anaheim. And I took it and I went by myself which was very crazy when I look back on who I was at that point in my life. I was not the kind of girl who would just go by herself to, to a hockey game, you know, not knowing anyone, but I did. And I sat in the front of that suite and little did I know that suite was filled with a lot of very powerful people who ended up being very influential in my life going forward. And so to make a long story short, I put myself out there and I was not afraid to take a risk and pivot my entire life from where I lived to what I did and uh, it was the best decision I made and I'm still doing it. And that to me, that's my most proud. That's probably what I'm most proud of is the fact that I've maintained longevity in this business, which is very difficult to do.
0: Yeah. That's an absolutely amazing story. My gosh. Just imagine. I can't imagine being on the apprentice, have a camera follows you practically 27. Did you just wake up and there's like a camera in your face? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so the, like, I, I look back at it and I think in the beginning, it was really, really weird. And my mother, who's never been on camera, hates to get her photo taken, like hides if the camera comes out. She had to come on the show and she's like, Heidi, I have to go to the bathroom. What do I do? I'm like, you just go, mom. It <laughs> just you have like, there's no privacy here. You just got to go. It was so crazy. To experience that, I think that it, it because you become numb to it over time. Though I mean, it's one of those yeah. things where you start out really freaked out by it and not really wanting to be yourself because you. And by the end of it, I was eating peanut butter out of a jar, drinking a Red Bull. They were changing my mic pack. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm over this process. (sighs) Didn't even care about the cameras anymore.
0: Yeah. I think you get desensitized, you know, because in the beginning, I hated being on camera, like for doing Instagram lives or Instagram stories even. But then like the more you do it, the less like, now, I just do it without makeup, like in my PJ. I don't care. Yes. Um, I'm not totally. at the point where I can be on, like, with a face mask or anything yes. and a glass of wine yet, but maybe one day. I can yeah, see it. I, I can picture it. It's so hard to imagine because I, I went to undergrad. Like, I went to Berkeley for undergrad, and MTV loves to cast at Berkeley for Road Rules and Real World. Yes. And so I, I know a lot of, so I knew quite a bit of people who like gone on these shows and they like the description of it sounds horrible. Like there's cameras in the ceiling, cameras in like a lamp. Like it's just insane. You know, it's like everywhere you walk into practically had a camera.
1: Yeah. You have to really... I just was really, like you said, I had to turn off that part of my brain and become just open. I think that was a really good experience for me because I'm an introvert by nature. I do not like doing this 15 years ago would have been like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? I would have been up all night preparing, you know, my, my answers. And that I think started my process of becoming comfortable in front of
0: the camera. Yeah. So how did you transition? So did it feel really different then when you start doing sports casting or broadcasting? Totally.
1: Yeah. There yeah. is no comparison to reality TV to broadcast television. It is completely different.
0: You literally reality have giant TV, black
1: box pointing at you all the yeah, time. Yeah. There's a, there's a freedom to, I don't know, to doing it with a format <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you, you kind of know what's coming. Live television is something I'll never get used to. I do it all the time and I still am not used to it because anything can change. Anything can go wrong. You know, you can be caught off guard, but what I really teach when I, when I work with young students and, and young women who are attempting to be broadcasters, I often tell them that forget the teleprompter. The best thing to do is learn without that. And train your brain to react in those situations. And uh, I think that was my best training was kind of diving into it and not having any experience and not having a formal background in broadcast because I didn't have any crutches. I had to learn as I went. And for people who are listening to this, who are just getting into video, I think you offer this advice as well. The best way to start is to just do it. Even no. if you're, even if you're not good, even if you've never done it before, you're. That's how you get better. And uh, I think for me, that has been throwing myself into the fire. Oftentimes, failing <laughs> a lot, making a lot of mistakes in front of millions of people on TV has only made me better. And it's when you can embrace those mistakes and you can just roll with them that you will
0: succeed and learn from them. Yeah. And so, for people who just started, I think one of the things that people find video very intimidating because it's not like on the phone—you can see each other, right? And for like, especially, I think for women, we get our. Because I never hear guys like, "Oh, I have to comb my hair and like, yeah. you know, put makeup on to go on, you know, camera." They just go on. But I'm like, I should put on a lipstick or at least an eyeliner because, like, yes. I don't know, curl my lashes. You know, do yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what are some of the things that people can do to help them feel a bit more confident? Or is there things that they should do before they get on camera? Actually,
1: I think there are a lot of things you can do before the number one thing is do what makes you feel good, right? If curling your lashes makes you feel good or putting a little lip gloss on makes you feel good. Great. Do it. Just know that it's not imperative for you to do that, to be great on camera. The other thing is people, we're, we're doing all of this on our phone now. (laughs) So I have a few tools that I like to use. I'll show you. And it's, this is literally $10. I bought it at CVS. Okay. It's elf glow light. Okay. So here's what I have. I'll turn it off. So you're seeing me on video, but when I turn it off and then when I turn it on, you can see the difference. And it's just this little like ring light that you clip onto your computer or onto your phone. I literally bought it at CVS for ten dollars. Um, so that makes you feel a little better. You no, know, you just you don't need all this fancy equipment, but you can just clip that on your phone and be ready to go. I also, for in terms of camera angle, always feel like you need to prop up your device, whatever that is. You always yep. look better from a higher angle. So I have this little like stand that I'm using on my laptop. I also have this little arm. I bought this at Home Goods whole $6. Yeah.
0: <laughs> have you seen these? Yeah. They're great. Cause you can bend the arm. You can bend it. Be- it
1: comes for an iPad for or iPhone. I think my I paid, I have this, the iPad one here, $6 and 99 cents. So like a really easy, just something you can, I think they have them on, I know they have them on Amazon too, but just those two things immediately make me feel ready. They, like the camera's up, the light is on, And that to me makes it feel a little more professional, a little more polished. I also think it's really important to to know what you're going to talk about before you go on camera. So creating some sort of script that you can throw away at the end of the day, but have go through the motions of what you're going to say in your head, put it to paper, put it to, you know, type it out if you need to. And then when you're done with that brain dump of all the stuff that you want to talk about, condense that down to bullet points and eliminate all of the unnecessary details. I think the, you know, telling storytelling is an art and the best storytellers get to the point quickly but still make you feel like you have all of that newsworthy information. And I think that's been some of the best advice I've been given over the years. And I try to implement that. I use a technique called keep it simple, sweetheart. I say this to myself before I go on camera. Almost every time I do a report, keep it simple, sweetheart. And that just reminds me to not get lost in the details. People don't need to know everything. They just need to know the important nuggets that are going to make them want to listen to more down the line.
0: And that's really good advice. I think a lot of times i know especially with instagram for example a story is i think is only 60 seconds yeah. right total so you really have to be very succinct you know or because i think a lot of stagers they want to talk about their project but people don't really n- listen need to like war and peace you know they need kind of like the trailer to war and peace perhaps yes. you know kind of thing and so in your career you have to do that probably very frequently because you're only My- out there for a minute. Or so. Yeah, 30
1: seconds. Some of my reports are 30 seconds, 45 seconds or one minute at the most. So when you're, tr- you know, I do a 45 minute of interviews and then I have to take that down to 45 seconds. And the, the key to that is I write everything out and then I eliminate what's not important. I put what I find most interesting and that the, what the audience is going to enjoy the most into a bullet point form. And then I practice that. And then I further eliminate what isn't necessary to get me down to the 45 seconds. You'll be surprised. You write so much stuff that you don't need and that people don't actually care to know, even though you think it might be important. I always tell that as a big piece of advice in terms of your audience. When you're frightened to be on camera, you're making it about yourself. And I think that when you put the audience first, that relieves a lot of the pressure to be great because what information you have, they want to hear it. That's why they're tuning in. So don't you know, beat yourself up about it and, and make it about the audience.
0: That's amazing. And I think one of the hangup people may have is like when they write a script up and then they feel like, oh, I have to follow every single word, but then the delivery sounds really stiff.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you have
0: any tips on that? Like how do I do a very natural delivery of my script? Yes, bullet
1: points. Because what, when you write out your script, a lot of times you get stuck in those details, right? Oh, I didn't say and or I forgot this sentence. That's okay. Just forgive yourself now. That's all right. In fact, it's probably going to be better because you forgot those things because that's what flowed naturally out of your mouth. That's why I really don't like teaching on a teleprompter because that trains you to get every word in and uh, it gives you the crutch. So I think the bullet points for example, I could just tell you, so I have this, I wish I had one right here in front of me, but it's, you know, Instagram stories are going to be an incredibly powerful tool. Okay. That's the topic, right? So who, what, where, when, why back to elementary school, right? Use those bullet points and remember those things. Okay. Did I tell them what I'm here to, what, why I'm here, what they need to know, how I can help them or why this is good for them, or what we can do better, or what they, what steps they can do to implement this in their life. When you think about it that way, you just, it comes a lot faster. Don't get stuck up in the details. That's the number one rule. And, yeah. and also be yourself. Don't be it. For example, I told you as before we started this, I have my dogs out here, probably going to make noise at some point. My children are zooming virtual school downstairs. There might be an interruption at some point. Just go with that. That makes you more relatable. Be able to just, if something goes wrong, Hey, sorry, I'm new to this. ask for for forgiveness off the top if this is your first video. Just be yourself, I think. And often we feel like we have to be someone else when the lights and the camera come on. Be you. That's what people are tuning in for because there's so much video content out
0: there. What's going to set you apart is your unique weirdness, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that because I think Especially now, I mean, we see more and more like on CNN. Remember that that professor who lives in Korea and his children came in when he was talking about Korean politics no one is paying attention at all. It was all about his kids. And now because of COVID, we're seeing more and more like broadcasters doing Mm -hmm. news from their home. And there's like a pet in the (laughs) frame. Sometimes a cat is right in front of the camera or the children walked in. But that's what you remember, Right that's what makes it fun. And it doesn't, especially,
1: yeah, like to your point, I've got a fly going around here now. There's, (laughs) there, there are opportunities now to build your business on a number of different platforms and video is the way to do that. And the way that you'll be successful with video is just being you and doing it and embracing all those flaws. I have a weird nervous laugh that I've tried to get rid of forever from now I just say hey that's my laugh it's obnoxious I'm sorry. <laughs> Here I am this is who I am and a lot of people say oh well I say I'm um, a lot. I say I'm um, a lot too. watch start paying attention to other people and you'll see that they all i am um, a lot the don't we are our worst critics. We pay attention to all the things we do wrong and give very little power to the things we do right. We need to reverse that mindset. Give the power to all the things you're doing great and put that, the bad stuff down at the bottom.
0: I love that. It's really a power dynamic, isn't it? Because the more you feed into the negativity, the more you're going to just get Trap stuck it. inside it. You get trapped inside. Yeah.
1: So Fear some- is all, always a selfish... I, fear is just a very selfish behavior anyway in my opinion if you're making it about yourself
0: I know especially I think because you you interview so many top athletes on top of their game you know I, I seen you reporting at Super Bowl and all these huge sports events like what is it like to listen to them sharing their experience of overcoming like fear and self-doubt and all these obstacles in their way or injuries even some of them are very challenging things. It is so fascinating because the people
1: we put on pedestals are just people at the end of the day, and they have all of those same fears and anxieties and worries and stresses that we do, and maybe even more so because they're in the public eye, and a lot of that is heightened because of that. I love my job. I always say I love my job because I get to celebrate people's best memories in their life. I get to tell their story. I get to be that voice that helps to convey this amazing moment in their life to the masses or their biggest loss and their biggest lesson in life. And to me, that is what makes, that's my why, like celebrating these moments for, for, with these people and being able to share those stories with the masses is incredible. To answer your question, I, I, I don't know that I did, <laughs> Uh, I, but I think that it, you, it should just be known that even Super Bowl champions and quarterbacks and Magic Johnson and you know people who we we feel like are at the top of their game have bad days too, and they are good often good at hiding it. But when you get the art of a good interview is to kind of uncover that. And I've been fascinated to see how real
0: and normal all of these stars really are. It's incredible, isn't it? Because yeah. you you definitely don't see that vulnerable side very often in the public eye, for sure.
1: Yeah, and they're often more nervous for the interview than I am, you know what I mean? A lot of the times that that blows me away too is even though they get interviewed all the time, some still get nervous and, and I have to say, it's okay, just have a conversation, pretend the camera's another person, we're just three people here having a little chat. And uh, that often makes them like, okay, do I look, do I need to, they always want to know where they have to look. And I'm like, you just, the three of us are having a conversation. (laughs) That's keep it intimate. It's forget about all the people watching at home. It's just us right here, right now.
0: I think a lot of it is like, probably, I think this is very common. Is people are afraid to say the wrong things, especially, especially today. Yes. Yeah. With cancel culture, you know, especially for celebrities, they have much more to lose than us common folks, I guess. Yeah, But yeah, I, I do think so. And I think from a business standpoint as well, it's like, sometimes you're afraid to say the wrong thing. You're afraid to, to offend someone or taken in the wrong way. I mean, like like doing a podcast, I mean, it definitely, it's not like a huge cable TV show, but you do read the v- review sometimes and you're like, well, I didn't really meant it that way, but I can, I don't know how people took it the wrong way, but I guess I can see it that way. You know, like sometimes you do take it very personally in a way that you never thought you would. There will
1: always be critics. And again, this goes back to who you're going to give the power to, right? We often see the negative review, maybe the five negative reviews over the five hundred good ones, and we're giving the the power to those people that probably aren't our audience anyway. So, I again, some advice for that, which I've battled this my entire life. I actually have r- written a whole. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. (laughs) Perhaps it's a blog post. Perhaps it'll be something someday. But it's how social media stunted my growth. And it was because I was giving the power to the negative critics, to the naysayers, to the people who were not my audience to begin with. And that really slowed me down with using social media in my career and held me back. And I recognized that where that comes from now. And it was exactly that. It was being afraid of dealing with the negative criticism or saying something that someone wasn't going to like. Not everyone is going to like you. You don't like everyone. So remember that if if somebody doesn't agree with what you're saying or doesn't like, that's okay. That challenge can teach you a lesson. It can also just mean that they are not your people. You're not doing this podcast for them. You're doing it for all the other people who love what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I think that's a very valuable lesson. I, I think it is very hard not to focus on a negative thing, but you're a right hundred- because it does stunt your growth. Yes. A hundred percent. And those, and again, are those
1: people doing it? Not often, not no. they don't have the courage or the confidence to do it. And it's all about their insecurities most of the time. So, someone once said to me, "I have. I mean, on Twitter, I had when I started out, I was a young woman. I didn't have experience in this business, and here I was, just a hustler who got my foot in the door. I mean, I I started by they hired me to do online video before online video was a thing, and be their in arena host for the for the L.A. Kings because I knew the sport of hockey. That's really how I ended up starting and. It was me the first day of work with a Panasonic DVX-100, a manual. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But I put on my big girl pants. I went down to the locker room and I filmed these little segments. And pretty soon I called my buddy who was an editor. I said, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you teach me how to edit? He said, yeah, come on over. So he taught me how to edit. And next thing you know, Fox Sports calls and says, hey, we love these little pieces on your website. Can we use them on our air? And I said, sure, if you let me throw to them. And that is how I ended up actually making the jump to, to being on TV. But when I did that, little did I know I was gonna have so many supporters and so many haters, right, out of the gate. And it was a really great lesson. Someone told me, you know, that person, just picture them with a ketchup stain on their T-shirt, Sitting in a basement with nothing else to do, but sit here and talk bad about you. So don't worry about them. <laughs> and uh I took that advice and now anytime I see it, I just picture a ketchup stain in a basement and I just move on.
0: <laughs> I might borrow that actually. <laughs> in the Absolutely. dark, stingy basement. Yes. With a lot of empty pizza boxes. Yes. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I just can't, I mean, you have so much experience on television, like not even like sports casting, but also reality television as well. I mean, it's, it's such a wide, I think, range of experiences. Yeah. I, I've always, I never really looked at it like that,
1: to be honest. I think I just, you know, like everybody, you kind of go through the motions of your day, you do your job and only in the past year, I'm turning 40 this year. Maybe that's Woo-hoo. why I'm major crisis. I'm turning 40. I'm embracing it. And that in my business, as I, I mentioned to you in an email, that's something that we never talk about, right? As a woman, you just, we just don't talk about our age, especially when it's starting to creep up in the years.
0: And I talk about it all the time. Actually, I'm also turning 40 Yay, well, in a few it. months. Yeah. At the end of the year. So
1: amazing. Happy birthday.
0: Well, I'm Happy launching birthday. my website
1: and my hope. And that's my birthday present to myself. And then I'm gonna be giving away some prizes to everybody else who decides to join in. I'll be doing a Facebook live and I wanna be able to help people. So I'm here if your audience has any questions about being on camera or how to do it or wants information on something that we didn't talk about here. I would absolutely love to to know and to help. To help you. Yeah.
0: We'll link that to the show notes as well. So people can like just click on your website and then get get in touch with your birthday party as well. Cause I think that's really important. It's like video is so like, even from a technical standpoint, like algorithm, you know, we talking about mm-hmm. search optimization, like even within Facebook or Instagram, you can see from the statistics that like video just gets so much more higher priority, especially Instagram just came out with the new thing, Reels. That's even, yeah. I'm, I'm reading that it's going to replace the search, like the function, whatever. They're going to really highly prioritize on Reels. So like they're really, really putting a lot of emphasis on video content.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking about your audience. What you do is visual. Yeah. I mean, that is what you're selling. You're selling the visual aesthetic and the story that goes along with a home, right? So it's, there's no better platform than video
0: to market what you're doing. Yeah. And what are some of the most common mistakes you think when people first got into videos and how can they avoid them? Most common mistakes.
1: Number one, trying to cram too much information into what they're doing. I mean, that is, and also making it about them. It's not, people are tuning in. Yes, they want you to tell them something and they want to trust you and they want to believe you, but they want to know more than just about you. And I think sometimes people fall into that mistake of like, I have all these credentials. You need to know all these things about me so you trust me. Yes. (laughs) And that's not true. People are tuned in. If you give them good information, they're going to trust you two big mistakes that people make. I think also, you know, if you want it and a big mistake is just not doing it, you know, just saying, Oh, I'll put it off. I'll, I'll plan this for a Facebook live. I'm going to create a whole strategy about it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask a bunch of people what kind of information they want to hear from me. No, what you're going to do is you're going to do it. You're going to probably be okay. Maybe terrible, (laughs) At the beginning, and you're going to learn a whole bunch, and you're going to move past this fear of being on camera when no one's watching, and then you're going to start to build an audience. So you use the time when you have no one tuned in, or frankly, you could even be doing this in your car while you're driving without looking at the camera, just riffing on things, and use your notes in your phone to kind of capture what subjects. I always find when I'm driving is when I come up with like the most interesting ideas cuz my brain is numb cuz I'm <laughs> paying attention to what I'm doing on the road and it has a chance to like slow down. So I always find that driving is when I come up with my best ideas. So that's really right. Yeah, talk and text. I always say, "Okay, here's an idea." I use that, but definitely just not doing it. I think uh, get over that hurdle right now. If you, if you take
0: sure. one thing away from this podcast right now, try So you say that's probably the best strategy really is, I mean, is there some sort of content strategy when it comes to producing video for your business? Yes, there definitely is a strategy.
1: Again, keep it simple is is the mantra. An introduction, a brief introduction, three bullet points to four bullet points. And then I always end with a question or not always with a question, but something that evokes thought. And I think or how someone can implement this in their life and gets them thinking. So I think that's kind of a basic format to follow. Just introduce yourself. Here's what the topic is. Here's three bullet points on what you need to know. And here's something to
0: send you home with a little food for thought. Yeah. And then how about camera angles and lighting? Do you have so again, any? So
1: lighting. I think you can be so simple. I as I mentioned to you you this little glow on the go selfie light that you can buy at CVS works just fine. You want your background, I mean, to be pretty plain, a, a busy background is never recommended. I always like natural light. I think natural light is the, the best light. So if you have some good natural light, that's always good. In terms of camera angles, I think, as I also said, just propping your laptop or your phone or whatever you're using to film. You don't need a fancy camera. I don't, I mean, you'd be surprised what I've seen filmed on iPhones that make it onto national broadcast television. So yeah, we had a recently on Fox on, on big Fox, we had a group of us all went to dinner and they were filming, the guys were filming it and they ended up using that clip on the air. So that just right there tells you that your iPhone works just as good, you know, in a pinch. So don't go, don't go out and feel like you need to invest a ton of money in equipment, prop your camera up. Or your iPhone up. Make sure that you're shooting down on yourself, shooting up on you always adds twenty pounds, and none of us want that. <laughs> so,
0: a double um, chin. Yeah,
1: you always want to shoot down on yourself. That's the that's the key. The key tip
0: of the day, too. And then do they, do people because like one of the, a lot of things I see stagers do it's like they do like a pan of mm-hmm. the room, and sometimes you can see like there's a lot of shaking of their yes. hands What would you recommend them to do? There's a a little
1: device called a monopod. Mm-hmm. And it's often used by, you know, even, even guys that I work with that are filming in sports, but you can, that helps to reduce the shakiness of you holding the camera. So if you Google monopod, I think they have them on You can get them on Amazon for very cheap and you can attach your iPhone directly to that. And that gives you, it's almost like if you had a selfie stick or something, right. It's the same kind yeah. of thing, just reverse it. And that re- reduces the
0: the shakiness. Yeah, and then like, how about outfits? I hate to ask like these kind of questions, yes. but I feel like a large part of female audience they always worry or concerned about what they should wear or how should they do their hair. Like, yes. does it really matter? Like, certain colors may look better on the camera, or certain colors don't. You know or what? They- Those they- days
1: are over. <laughs> I've been MythBusters for that. I showed up in all white jumpsuits. The- people are like, you can't wear white on camera. I'm like, especially in combat sports. I'm like, yes, I can. And I am. So I would say feel, wear what you feel best in, because that is going to make you, you know, the most confident on, on camera. So if you feel really good in hot pink, rock the hot pink. If you really feel really good in black, black's fine. If you feel really good in royal blue, it does not matter. I would say avoid things with, that are like, really baggy if you can, you know, because it just doesn't read as well. And it can make you look like one big blob sometimes, you know, if you're wearing, like, I always fall into this mistake because I like a good blazer and I feel more comfortable because if I've, especially during the COVID, <laughs> put on my COVID-19, I'm like a blazer just kind of covers it all up, but you got to, you got to use a little safety pin in the back. If you want just to like, you don't have to have it perfectly tailored, but use even I even use like a hair clip sometimes. I think my shirt right sure. now is if pinned in the back feel like because I thought we were doing this on video. So I was trying to get it together. But yeah, just you, even no one's going to see your back most of the time. So just kind of cinch it with a little clip, even if you feel like your figure isn't what you want it to be, or you're insecure because of your figure, your figure is you man and you rock it. You, you can, any. we've seen that, right? Any woman, any size, you can rock it if you have a little confidence. So wear what makes you feel good. And in terms of your hair, again, I would say just build your brand, right? What do you want your brand to look like? Think of it like, uh, like a magazine or a product, right? You are a product. So maybe do a little brand exercise. What colors do you work good on you? What, are you a girl who likes to have a a good hairdo, curly hair like I do? They'll rock the curls, you know? I also think that you don't have to get so caught up in that. That's another reason to just not do the video.
0: I know, I think it's a mindset. It's actually resistance that prevents you from doing it. And you just come up with excuses of not doing it, really. Because you're just like, well, my hair is not perfect today. I need to wash my hairs. So I need to do it tomorrow. And then you just keep putting it off and off and off and off.
1: I did a podcast last week, which I thought was going to be not on video. So I didn't, I had just gotten out of the shower. My hair was wet. I <laughs> it was awful. I, I got I got on there and the guy goes, okay, we're going live on Instagram live, Facebook live. And I'm going to put this out on Spotify. Dah, dah, dah. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that we we're doing this on camera, and he's, he's like, "Well, you look beautiful and natural beauty." I'm like, "No, honey, no. <laughs> I need everybody needs a little moisturizer or something at least, you know, to feel good." And I just did it. I did it anyways. I said, yeah. "If I put this off, then I'm never going to come back on. I'm going to feel guilty because I didn't do his show." And at the end of the day, I'm making it about me. If you don't like the fact that I don't have makeup on right now and I'm in my pajamas and wet hair sorry, but I hope that what information I'm giving you is valuable enough for you to forgive me for not looking good today. <laughs> so yeah. I would just say, don't let, don't get hung up on it. What we put off. I don't know. I can't remember the saying I'll quote it wrong, but you know what we don't do to put off tomorrow. I don't know. Edit this part out.
0: Cause I can't remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> No, but I really think it comes down to the the takeaway, isn't it? It's about what people can get out of the information you're trying to convey, and then if it's if it's presented well, you know, like you said, bullet points and it's very succinct. They aren't- understand, then they're more likely to come back and then tune in again. And I think also different medium as well. I mean, I think podcasters prefer podcasting because none of us like to be in front of camera, but now we're both on camera because we're shooting, we're recording this for YouTube as well. Like we have to repurpose our content. Yes, There's like, there's like this continuous pressure. And I think in today's society is that not only we have to keep producing content, we also have to Produce content for different formats and different mediums. And I think that's why people get hung up to it as well, because like Instagram likes vertical, but YouTube likes horizontal. And so if I record a video for Instagram, I can't really use it for YouTube because it just kind of screws up the viewing experience. So yeah. Yes.
1: I would say there, there is. There's a method to the madness to some degree. If you can allow that, those little details to get in your way. I'm very much about creating clean, beautiful things. I mean, that is, I'm with you on that, but I don't want people to feel like they can't start on just one. That is the reminder. There is pressure, and if you're the type of person who—and I know you are because I've looked at your website, I've followed your business—you put that pressure on yourself, and you're really good at what you do because of that. But for those listening who don't have that, like this is overwhelming. All of a sudden, oh no, there's Instagram one way, and I got to do it this. Th-. Take all of that out of your mind and do one, start with one place. And for people like you and I, who want it to be, who are more advanced, right? Cause I would say you're more advanced than the average. Take it step-by-step, step. keep it simple. And it's always going to be there tomorrow. You have your following. They love you. You're great at what you do. Take that pressure off. For a hot second and focus on what makes you happy. What platforms make you the most happy and how can you deliver the best content to the audience using that platform
0: to start? Yeah, like that's what I would say as well. I think a lot of times, Stagers ask the question is like, oh, which social media platform should I be on? Should I be on every single one? And I'm always like, no, just pick one. And most too, that where your audience is hanging out. Like if you're finding real estate agents on Facebook, be on Facebook because they are on Facebook. If you're finding a lot of your tribe on Instagram, then be on Instagram because they're going to be hanging out there. That's like, they're going to search through those kind of, you know, like, what is it? Like in the search, basically going to start looking for information within Instagram. So yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of our show and I want to ask you our last question. So what, what, what would be your number one tip when it comes to uh, videos? My number one tip is to do it, to, to get
1: out of your head and do it. Set up a space that is quiet, if you can, quiet-ish. Get some sort of little light. Like I said, that little $10 light at CVS, that'll just make you feel better. Prop up your laptop or your phone, write your script, narrow it
0: to bullet points and post it. Don't overthink it.
1: I love that.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show. And before we lock off, I just want to ask you, where can we find you? And when is your birthday bash on your website? (laughs) Four decades
1: coming up. Uh, October 29th is my birthday and I will be on Facebook Live, Heidi Andrel. It's H-E-I-D-I-A-N-D-R-O-L. And you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter. I will... Preface this with I am not a social media expert. I'm learning as well, but I will be doing a Facebook Live and giving away gifts and presents because I want my birthday, but I'm going to share the love with all of you. It'll be 12 to 4 Pacific time. And every hour on the hour, I'll be doing some giveaways, tips, a free consultation, on camera consultation and all kinds of good stuff there. So if you can, I'd love it if you go subscribe and I'll uh, notify you of the launch when we get it going. That's great. I'm so excited. Thank you again for coming on. One more thing that I didn't talk about. I'm sorry. No, please do. Yes. My food for thought to end you with is when you're also slowing down. It's something that I I forgot to mention. It's an important tip for video because sometimes we tend to talk, we know what we're talking about. We want to say it really, we want to get it all in there and slow down. That's another thing I forgot. Another tip I forgot to mention. Sorry.
0: No, I think that's really important. I think one of the things I forgot to ask you, it's like, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned being broadcasting or being on reality television, like being in front of camera? Because those are kind of things that most of us probably don't realize.
1: That you're gonna make mistakes. And for me, especially, I started a show on ESPN two weeks ago. I had this perfect report and it was something really important that I wanted to nail. And I blew it. We rehearsed it. I did it perfectly. I get to the live report. I blew it. I mean, it was one of my biggest flubs I've had in years. And I just, I like, my brain froze and I thought, what is this feeling? I haven't had this feeling in so long. And then I had. Literally a minute to run out while there was a commercial break to run out and do another report when we came back from commercial. And I had to get myself out of that space of, I just screwed this up so bad. Everyone's thinking I'm an idiot. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Now I have to do this again. And I had this, I used the analogy of flipping a light switch. I had to turn that off and I had to go over here and turn another switch on and pull it together quickly. And I think. That, uh, that right there, like flipping the switch is a great tool that you can have in your back pocket for when, you know, if you're doing something live and you screw up majorly, first just acknowledge it and flip the switch and turn on the one that's the with, with all the other good information that you have and, and get through it. That was That's one of the, the hardest things about live television is, you know, you don't get a second chance. If we're doing this You you, on recording on your phone, you get a hundred chances, you know? So that's, that's the other thing. You can tape it 20 times if you need to. I don't recommend doing that. I recommend doing it maybe two times, three times at the most, and then just picking one and posting it, not overthinking it. But overthinking it is another thing that I've learned uh, that I battled my entire career is making sure that people know that I know what I'm talking about, justifying my role and overthinking the content. I want everybody to know everything and all the things that I just sat in this 45-minute interview. I want to be able to convey that, but I can't. So what's most newsworthy and what's going to entertain the audience? What don't they know? What can't they find on Google necessarily? What can you offer them that is unique? And that has been, uh, I believe, what makes my job fun is finding those things that that nobody else Access to
0: those are really good, like key points, Um, especially what can people find on Google because if they can Google it, why are they watching you? Right?
1: (laughs) Well, unless you can deliver it in a way that is unique, right? Because you can pretty much find anything on Google, but how are you gonna make what you are, are telling them unique? How are you gonna package it differently? And that could be simply how you're saying it, that could be your bullet points, that could be your formula where I'm just gonna do an That could be something that you think does not even matter. Oftentimes we overlook the most valuable nuggets because they seem too simple. And that I would, I would challenge everyone to, to think about the simple things that they do every day that people don't have access to. I love that. But thank you so
0: much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, thank you so much. Congratulations on your business.
0: So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining cost for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.